Okay, good morning everyone. Good morning. If you have your Bibles with you, if you can turn to the book of Galatians. Uh, we're really going to be getting straight into the Word today, um, because as, as is evident uh, already, hopefully you've not just got one speaker today, we've got two. So it's going to be me and then Ian coming to speak. I'm very excited about hear, hearing what Ian has uh, to share with us. I, I've, I've heard bits and pieces of it, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, but just while you're finding your way to the book of Galatians, just to explain really how this has come about in terms of me and Ian both speaking this morning. And it came out of a conversation we had, it was just before Christmas, Christmas time when I was preparing this sermon series. And I was explaining to him really what I'd been feeling, uh, what God was saying to us as a church at the minute about uh, looking at building a, a community of the Spirit, addressing the flow of the Spirit, what it means to be a people who are filled with the Spirit. And I was just going through some of the topics we were going to be covering. Um, and I came to, to the topic that we're looking at today, which is about the fruit of the Spirit. And as I started sharing with Ian the things that uh, I, I was thinking in terms of this series, Ian just started sharing uh, the things that he'd been learning, uh, particularly over the last year or so, uh, his journey and his experience. Uh, so I said to him, I said, all right, well, let's put you down for preaching that week. And Ian laughed fairly nervously. Um, <laughs> and then a few texts later... It's, you know, we're here. So Ian's uh, going to be sharing. So I'm really excited about that. What I don't want is for you to get worried that if you share anything with me or if you want to talk to me about anything, <laughs> it, it's not a pattern. I just felt like actually I really, with what Ian was sharing with me, I just wanted to give him that opportunity. I thought it would do, do us a lot of good together. Uh, so really the plan for this morning is uh, I'm going to have about the first 20 minutes focusing on the fruit of the Spirit, and then Ian's going to have about 10 minutes, 10 minutes uh, to, to, to share what he's got to share with us. So um, we're going to be in Galatians chapter 5. Uh, we're going to be picking up from verse 16. But just to kind of set it in context, uh, really in the previous verses, Paul, who wrote this letter to the church in Galatia, he's been explaining how in Jesus they have freedom. They have freedom from sin and freedom from death. We've been singing about that already this morning. It's where we started, about how Jesus has saved us. We're free. Uh, and he's been explaining to the church how they're no longer slaves. They're not bound by sin anymore. They're not slaves to sin. But actually, instead of, uh, of slavery, they've been accepted into God's family as his children. Really, that's kind of what he's really been emphasizing. So for them and, and for all followers of Jesus, we've been called to freedom. We've been called to liberty. That's the good news of Jesus. It's freedom and it's liberation. And now the question, or really the challenge that Paul addresses is, how are they, or rather how are we, going to live within that freedom? How are we going to work it out? How are we going to live it out? So let's pick up then from verse uh, 16, Galatians 5, 16. He says, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify, gratify, gratify the desires of the flesh. I did that when I practiced this earlier as well. <laughs> For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for they are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. They are sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, Fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like, like, like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, 
gentleness, self-control, and against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Paul does something that I'm very grateful for him doing here. He acknowledges that the Christian life is a struggle. I find that reassuring. It's one of those moments where I think, whoa, good, it's not just me. Paul's like, actually, the Christian life is a struggle. He says there's a war going on. He says there's a, it, it's a tension really between the flesh and between the spirit, between the desires of fallen human nature and the Holy Spirit. And as Paul builds on this theme of freedom in Christ and how we're to use that freedom, we see that the person and work, the person and work of the Holy Spirit is right at the very centre of what he says. There's no reason why you should have done this. But if anyone was counting the number of times the Spirit is mentioned by names in those verses I read, he's mentioned seven times by name. That should, that should really clarify something for us. The person and work of the Holy Spirit is right at the centre of what it means to walk in freedom. Uh, and, and, you know, how essential he is really in this, this tension and this battle that's going on. You see, within this conflict, within this tension, by ourselves, we will not, we cannot be victorious. Understand that. By ourselves, we cannot be victorious uh, in, in that battle. The way to walk in freedom is to walk by the Spirit, it's to be led by the Spirit, it's to keep in step with Him. And we're going to be building on this over the coming weeks. Uh, remember, I said it a couple of weeks ago, there's going to be a fair amount of overlap uh, and kind of coming back to different things over these coming weeks, but it's under the same umbrella. Does anyone remember what the umbrella was for these weeks? It's dependence on the Spirit. So we're going to, there's going to be this crossover, what it looks like, but it's under this umbrella of dependence on the Spirit. But our focus this morning is, is on the fruit of the Spirit, which Paul says it's in direct contrast and opposition to the works of the flesh. Let's read that again, just to get that set in our minds. So these are the works of the flesh, and they're evident. They're sexual, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, so in contrast, in opposition to that, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. They're opposition to one another. They pull in opposite directions. The fruit of the Spirit is what the Spirit produces within those He dwells in. That's what we mean by fruit. It's what is the product, what comes out of the Spirit dwelling within people. And as we look at the list of those nine nine fruits, what we see, it's not gifting, it's not ability. What we see is character. It's attributes and traits of character that the Holy Spirit produces within those He dwells in. Think about it. Love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's about our character. And if we read the Gospels that focus on the life, ministry, death and resurrection of Jesus, we see these character traits in Jesus himself. It's not just that we see them in him, but actually he's the perfect example of what this character looks like. So the fruit of the Spirit, or sorry, the fruit that the Spirit produces makes followers of Jesus more and more like Jesus. 
We're going to look more specifically at the fruit in growth groups in terms of actually breaking them down and understanding what, what it might look like in our own lives. We don't really have the time to do that this morning. You could do a whole series uh, on the fruit of the Spirit, really. So we're going to have a look a bit more in growth groups. But it is important that we see that this fruit enables us in our relationships with God, helps us in our relationships with God, helps us in our relationships with others, both inside and outside of the church. They are absolutely vital. I also want to say that the fruit of the Spirit is not dependent on our circumstances. Or it's not a product of what goes on around us. Those things that, uh, things that are going on around us. Our circumstances don't form or shape the fruit. Instead, the fruit of the Spirit is actually independent of our circumstances to the extent that we can know joy in the midst of suffering, that we can know patience in the face of great frustration, and we can be at peace even in the midst of great upheaval. That's what the fruit of spirit does. It kind of cuts through circumstances and brings these things through. Now this fruit, this character, this Christ-likeness is not something that we ourselves can manufacture or create. If you're anything like me, sometimes I feel like, what can I do to make something happen? What can I do to produce this? What can I do? The truth is, actually, it's, it's called the fruit of the spirit for a reason, because it's the spirit that produces it. We can't manufacture it or create it ourselves. Rick Warren who's a, a pastor from the States, he says that you cannot produce the character of Jesus in your own strength. New Year's resolutions, willpower and best intentions are not enough. Only the Holy Spirit has the power to make the changes God wants to make in your life. The Bible says in Philippians 2.13 that God is, God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. We see that it's, the work, it's God's work. It's the work of the Spirit that he produces within us. Now, if you've been uh, with us over the past few weeks, when we've been looking at this series, as I say, we're looking at what it means to be building a community of the Spirit. A lot of it came out of a word that a guy named Simon Holly gave at a, a prayer and equipping event that we were at back in September. And one of the, perhaps, one of the things, if not one of the main things that he said that really st stuck with me, was that when we're... When we're thinking about the Holy Spirit, when we're thinking about building communities of the Spirit, there can be a lot of focus on the power of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. And that's right, we're going to be looking at that next week. Paul's going to be picking up on the power of the Spirit. So it's important. It's not that we leave that to one side. Yes, we need to focus on that. But we also need to be recognising and growing in the fruits of the Spirit. And when he said that, it just really challenged me, particularly as someone who has leadership responsibility and, and teaching responsibility. I think, actually, yeah, we can focus on the, on the power of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. But actually, we need to recognise the fruit of the Spirit as well. Maybe that works through a bit more subtly, but we need to recognise the fruit of the Spirit as well. And he asked us the question, what are people encountering when they come to one of your meetings? What are people encountering when they come to one of your meetings? Do they encounter people who are full of love? Do they encounter people who are full of joy? Do they encounter people who are full of peace? And so on. That is a good question for us to be asking ourselves. What I want to put across more than anything else this morning, this is really, if I could condense everything down as this, is church, let's not overlook the fruit of the Spirit. This is not me saying that we've done that. It's just a fresh awareness and a, and a call that has been put in my life that I just want to make to you. Let's not overlook the fruit of the Spirit. Let's not overlook that. Because if we're seeking to build a community of the Spirit, then surely we have to be a community that is bearing the fruit of the Spirit. 
all of those fruits that we looked at. That's the kind of things that people need to be witnessing and the things that are evident when people in- encounter us and when people come across us. Remember, we, the, the, the title of this series is Every Day. And this morning we're thinking about everyday fruit. Is the fruit of the Spirit evident in you in a day, on a daily basis? In all situations, to all people, whatever the circumstances. So I want to take Simon, Holly, Simon Holly's question again was, when people come into your meetings, do they encounter joy or love or peace? I want to take that a little bit further. I want you to think about where you're going to be this afternoon. Or I want you to think about where you're going to be tomorrow. Who are you going to be with? What sort of situations are you going to be in? (coughs) For the people who are with you, what are they going to witness in you? What are they going to be encountering in you? Is it going to be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control? I'm not saying this... in no way do I want this to kind of beat you down for you to think I'm failing in this and I'm failing in that. That is not my intention at all. I'm going to touch on this in just a moment. This is a, it's a journey that we're going on. It's a process we're going on. We're not going to get things right all the time. So I'm not saying that to, to kind of knock you down. But actually I want to encourage you and I want you to see this as an opportunity. Martin Luther, uh, who's a, a German theologian, he said, those who have them, speaking about the fruits of the Spirit, he says, those who have them give glory to God and attract other people by them and provoke others to embrace the doctrine and faith of Christ. He's saying the fruit of the Spirit is attractive. It attracts people who don't yet know Jesus. I'm drawn to people who display the type of character that we see in the fruits of the Spirit. Is it, does anyone else find that they're drawn to those sorts of people? I want to be around those types of people. I want to spend time with those people. Those sorts of people do me good. As we display the fruits of the Spirit, as He develops our character, do you know we are actually witnessing to the world about Christ? The Spirit helps us to walk in freedom. So when people encounter the fruit of the Spirit, uh, when they witness the fruit of the Spirit, they are seeing what freedom and liberty in Jesus looks like. Like I said, if someone can see in you the fact that you are joyful and peaceful in the midst of grief and suffering, that says something to them about Jesus, if they know that your faith is in Jesus. How can someone be experiencing that? And and I can see the evidence of joy in their life when they're going through that. Do you know what? It points them to Jesus. It says something about who Jesus is and about the freedom that we have in him. See, as we depend on the Spirit... As we're led by him, as we walk the Christian life in relationship with him, we, we will bear the fruit of that. That's what the Holy Spirit produces within us. But like I mentioned a while ago, it's a process. It's a journey. It's not something that happens overnight. A few weeks ago, we were hit by the courgette shortage. Was anyone affected by this? We were affected by this. On the, on the one week we wanted to buy courgettes, it just happened to be the one where there aren't any courgettes. Uh, and now we're in the midst of a, a lettuce shortage. Yeah. yeah, that's affected a lot more people. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's not just lettuces and courgettes. There's a shortage going on of, of a lot of fruit and vegetables because of uh, weather conditions and fallen crop yields in other nations. Alan Titchmarsh. I've got here gardening guru Alan Titchmarsh. Maybe that's fair, I don't know. But he said that he's pleased about the temporary lettuce shortage. 
And it's not that Alan Titchmarsh is grumpy or because he's mean. But he said this, he said, as long as it's there, people take it for granted. He said, but we're dependent on climate and weather and growing skills. And sometimes weather throws things at, at you that you can't legislate for. It reminds people not to take food and food producers for granted. I think he's got a point. The, f- the food, the fruit, the vegetables we eat, it's not seasonal anymore. We can get what we want when we want it. If I go to one shop and they don't have it, I go to another shop, chances are I'll find it there. There's not that process of having to wait anymore. I'm not saying this to embarrass my parents, but they, I hear them talking about when they were growing up. It would be, you'd have what was in season at the time. And so you know what you would be having from season to season. Then you'd have certain things that you were looking forward to that you know you can get. We don't really have that anymore. We get what we want when we want it. It's the same with photos as well. Now everything's gone digital. I seem to remember, used to go on holiday, take a camera with a, with a film in it. You'd be on holiday for like a week. You'd have to wait twice as long to get your photos back than the time that you'd been away for. And then when you get your photos back, half of them have got stickers on them saying that they're overexposed yeah. or underexposed or yeah. your thumb's in the way. Yeah. Whereas now, we take a photo, you can look at it straight away and you can say, actually, that's, I, I want to take another one or that's a good one. We live in, in a time and we live in a society where we want, thing, want things instantly and a lot of the time we pretty much get what we want fairly quickly. There's not a lot that we have to wait for nowadays. And I think this mentality and this thinking, it's very, it can creep in very subtly. I get myself getting frustrated if my internet's being slower than normal. It's, it's ridiculous, really. But it's, it's because I've become so accustomed to getting what I want when I, when I want. And it, I say, it affects every area of our lives. It can creep into the way we understand God. It can creep into the way that we expect God to work, doesn't it, John? When you're saying God doesn't work fast enough sometimes. <laughs> but it, no, I know you were joking, but it's, but it's absolutely true because sometimes we can feel like that. God, you're not, why aren't we seeing this happen? Surely you can do this quicker. You're not working on my time scale. We can want instant results. We can wonder why God seems to take his time. But the thing is, while while we might want instant results, oftentimes, this might be frustrating for you to hear, but oftentimes God works slowly in our lives. He journeys with us. It's a process that we go on. And actually, talking about fruits of the Spirit, if it conjures up an image or a, a picture of fruit, that's no bad thing because it helps us to remember that fruit takes time to grow, it takes time to mature. There's a process that we have to go through. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 to 18 says that the Lord is a spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We've touched on that a little bit already about freedom and the role of the spirit in that. And we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the spirit. So you can see it's the work of the spirit within us where there's freedom. There's the work of the spirit. We are being transformed doesn't say that we've been transformed we are being transformed it's a journey that we go on there's a process to it there's a maturing we become more like Christ not in an instant not with the snap of our fingers but over a period of time so we're being transformed from one degree of glory to the next to the next to the next it's steps it's process not all in one go and as I say For me, I find that frustrating because it's just so different to the world that we live in nowadays. But that's the way that God works. Now, the fruit of the Spirit will take time to grow and to mature. It will take time to increase. 
Do you know what? It's a process. It's a lifelong process. It will last a lifetime. We'll continually be growing. These fruits will be continually increasing and maturing in our life. But as we walk with the Spirit, as we're led by the Spirit, as we depend on Him, surely the result of that is going to be increased fruit that He produces within us. Ian, would you like to come and, and share what you've got for us? Say, it's been a fairly quick overview, really, of the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to drill down a little bit more in groups, but I just wanted to give Ian this opportunity to come and share. I think a lot of it ties in... I don't want to say too much, but a lot of it really ties in with the whole journey in and process thing. So I think it would be really helpful. And we're all good to go. Thank you. Morning, everybody. Morning. Somewhat unaccustomed to standing before you. Um, um, But yeah, as as Sam said, this came out of a discussion we had before Christmas. um, And I was going to go on about the sort of, you know, malevolent... uh, scheming of the elders in the church but I won't um, I, I think it more it more comes down to my big mouth and, and, uh, and uh, so if you've got a big mouth just watch it when you're standing sitting in front of the others because this is the kind of thing that happens um, I think uh, just to apologize slightly because because I'm not used to this I have kind of written things out a bit longhand here so I'll, I'll try not to just read through my notes but uh, it's possible well if, if I do please forgive me that and actually just try and take from it uh, what's here rather than the, overlook the style, if you see what I mean. Um, uh, this, uh, the subject of uh, spiritual fruit, I suppose, has been with me um, a, a very long time, at, at least. I mean, I've, I've been a Christian now for, um, <clears throat> yeah, 35 years, I think. So, um, and for, for at least the last 20 years of that, that's been, that's been something that's, that's been on my mind. I, I can remember a, a sermon from about 20 years ago, uh, covering that subject and as a result of that <clears throat> I, I printed off uh, verses 22 and 23 um, which, which cover the, you know, the spiritual fruit themselves and had them stuck on the inside of a kitchen cupboard so that every day you'd see the, 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 you know, the verses be reminded of the spiritual fruit we'd be looking for in our lives um, and, and then beat myself up for not having it really so I, I, you know, I'd, I'd, basically, you know I'd, I'd sort of mentally score myself on, on, on the spiritual fruit and, and you know it was sort of four out of ten or or something like that you know and and um, and you know either become despondent at, at how I was doing or perhaps better you know actually just, just pray for for a fruit to develop which obviously was was partly what the uh, the point was um, after a while the, the list in the kitchen cupboard disappeared but um, whenever I came across that passage I've, I've been I've been prompted by it you know so it's been a recurring thing for me. Um, I mean, I've known, you know, there's, there's been sin in my life um, and I need to pray for, you know, tackling the, the, the sin, uh, strength for myself. I'll be probably praying for increased self-control, faithfulness and love, um, that kind of thing. But, you know, not, a bad, not bad prayers in itself, but I have to say I wasn't seeing a lot of change. I wasn't seeing breakthrough either in areas of sin or, or developing fruit. Um, when we moved house and we decorated the, the conservatory, I had one of those... Um, laminate scripts put up on, on the wall and it's the same verse and it's because actually Carrie now understands that that's why that's up there um, uh, um, and I tend to have my quiet times there because it's nice you can look out on the garden and that kind of thing but actually I had that, always had that verse there as well but again I still have to say I didn't get any breakthrough in, in terms of you know, spiritual fruit or, um, or you know, all the sin either if it's, um, so I'm an unrelated point I would say as well I've often complained that I don't hear from God um, 
I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd say I feel led and guided, um, but I don't hear as such. And for a long time, that's been a, that's been a problem for me. In fact, to the extent that um, a few years ago, I almost lost my faith over it because it just, I just let it become such a big issue between me and God that I, it, you know, it was almost like a crisis point. Uh, when I got to that point, um, though, I actually I couldn't deny the existence of God. And then, having got to that point, I've decided, well, okay, I'm going to have to deal with this. Then I can't. Uh, I can't um, just just let that go on. Um, so I accepted that I'd have to um, you know, build on what I did believe um, and allow God to deal with the rest. Um, I've had some help from you know I suppose people like Paul and Sam actually have, have helped me a lot. Um, but you know actually more of it has been um, going back to basics for myself uh, and spending the time with God. Um, uh, a couple of years ago, I received the gift of tongues after years of, of praying for it. I mean, I've, I've, been, I've, said, I've been a Christian 35 years. I actually, the guy who if I brought me to, to faith was a, was a Pentecostal minister. He was very much into the you know, gift of tongues and, and it was a big thing for me that I didn't have it, you know, that somehow I was a, a lesser Christian for not having the gift of tongues. And that was a, that was a big problem for me. Um, I will come back to it though because that, there's, there's something later on that I think uh, explains that in part. Um, and I would also say that I still don't hear from God. Um, and that, you know, but it's, let, it's become less of a problem for me. I, I do feel that I'm, I'm aware of the guiding um, more in the moment than after the fact. Um, but uh, you know, I would still, I'd still love to hear from God. But, uh, um, coming back to the fruit, um, last year I've, I've learnt something new, really. The, the penny dropped, and I think this is where um, the discussion with Sam really, really came, came through. Um, uh, just to go back a little bit, this time last year, or actually... January last year, I, I lost my job uh, quite soon. I think I've shared this before, so most of you probably know. Um, and it's, it's meant a real year of change for me. And then particularly from September onwards, um, I, I finished uh, a job at the, end of, at the end of August and didn't have anything to go to. Um, and actually, I didn't have any work between September and November. Um, and, you know, at one level, that was very uncomfortable because I, I wanted the work and, you know, I was starting to worry about the, the money side of things. But actually, I did feel that that time was a gift from God and look, to look for what um, that was going to bring, if you, if you see what I mean. Um, so you probably won't be surprised to know that this marked something of a turning point for me because I had more time with God. Um, I've come to realise that I simply need to spend more time in God's presence soaking in, in his spirit. Um, I suppose what I ought to just say there is, well, it's, it's not necessarily just quiet times, you know, meditation, that kind of thing. It's actually more sort of carrying, carrying it through the day, actually in everything I'm doing. And uh, I, I'm, once I've got that sorted, but that, that's, I'll mean more of that than, the, than necessarily the, the, the quiet times as, as such. Um, it's less about striving on my part and more about grace on his part, which I think picks up something Sam was just saying earlier. Um, in fact, what Sam was saying a couple of weeks ago um, about everyday dependence really struck a chord with me because I think it ties in very much with, with what my experience has been. Um, I think this is, this is the main thing I've learned. And um, it's actually, if you want to draw an earthly analogy, um, if you want literal fruit, like apples, you don't go out and grow apples. Um, you go and grow an apple tree. Um, and then you plant the tree, you put it in good soil, you tend it, you help it to grow and be healthy. And healthy trees produce fruit. It's just what they do. Um, but you can't get the fruit without the tree. Um, in, and I would recommend this book, actually. Um, 
Simon Holly's sustainable power. But um, um, I think one of the, again, just to go back on that, one of the things that uh, being off work gave me the opportunity to do was to go along to prayer and equipping, which I hadn't done. I actually heard Simon speak um, firsthand, which, which, which did speak to me, if you like. So uh, I feel like I was already teed up before I read the book. But, um, but I would recommend that if you, if you get a chance to read it. Um, in the book, he refers to um, uh, John chapter 7, which is, out of, his heart, um, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And as Simon points out, you know, the Holy Spirit is described as a flowing river. It's what rivers do. They flow. Um, if the river isn't flowing, it's because something's blocking it. Either, you know, a dam or rocks, uh, which need to be removed to allow the flow through. And for me, and, you know, again, that, that struck a chord with me. And I, I identified that for me, the biggest rocks have been cynicism, unbelief and self-reliance. Uh, for you, the rocks might be something completely different. Um, we're still breaking down those rocks, me and God, but even as the rocks are getting smaller, the river is flowing more freely. Um, I think that being prepared to break down unbelief and cynicism has led me to receiving the gift of tongues. Um, I think that was probably one of the big barriers to me actually having that gift. Um, still, though, I constantly have to check myself when I, when I find myself being cynical or tending towards unbelief, and lifelong habits of self-reliance are taking a long time to break. In uh, John 15, verse 4, Jesus says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. Uh, what do we mean by abiding? Uh, basically, it's about spending time, staying with someone or in a given place. There's an implication of permanence, or at least persistence. It's not particularly an active thing, <coughs> but it might require a conscious effort to stay there if other forces are pulling you away. Uh, let's face it, we have so many demands on our time and distractions that to abide, rather than simply pop in, won't be achieved without some determination on our part, and that's, that's what I'm finding. And we're familiar with the concept of being baptised in the Spirit, uh, again in Simon Hollies, but he, he points out that the word used for baptism, um, say in Matthew 3.11 or Acts 1.5, is actually baptizo and not bapto. Um, bapto describes uh, dipping, whereas baptizo is full immersion. Um, so think of marinating or pickling. Um, you know, a cucumber goes in, but in a sense it's changed and a gherkin comes out. So there, there is, there is, I think you can take that too far, but I think there, there, is, a, there is a process of, of change by, by soaking, by, you know, by spending time. Um, for me, this means consciously spending more time seeking God and being consciously aware of him and his spirit throughout my day. I do find it hard to prioritise a regular quiet time on my day's working. It's a rush to get out in the morning and six o'clock is plenty early enough uh, to be getting up. I don't get much time in the evenings either, but I will tend to close my eyes and have a few moments on the train. My non-working days are better. Um, actually, I'm, I'm very blessed I only work four days a week, so I can, I'll get a bit, little bit of time then. Um, but it's not regular or particularly high quality, but it is still more than I used to do. It's sharpening me up and making me more able to hear the still, small voice. As we know from a couple of weeks ago, good things come to those who wait. So I've learned this year to allow myself to pickle more often. Um, and it's bearing fruit, if I can mix my metaphors. Um, looking at the list of fruit in Galatians... I would say that self-control, joy, love and faithfulness are all more plentiful than they were. I've more joy in worship and some have commented that they've seen a change in me. 
Um, so I don't think it's just wishful thinking on my part. I'm by no means any sort of finished article. I think the journey, the journey thing is, is, is very true. I'm definitely still a work in progress, but I know and, and I can feel that work is taking place in me. One of the fruits I'm seeing, albeit not one listed in Galatians, is that um, as we break down my cynicism and unbelief, I'm becoming bolder in stepping out. Um, standing here. Um, but also, uh, after, after reading Simon's book, and as a growth group leader, we prayed for Carrie's back a few weeks ago. Um, she'd been really suffering with it since before Christmas. Um, and so we laid hands on and, and commanded her body to heal. This is not a style of prayer I'm used to or I've seen modelled much, um, so it felt quite uncomfortable. But it is what the Bible shows us, and you know, that gave me the readiness to park my unbelief and be prepared to step out in it. Um, now, Carrie isn't fully healed yet, but since that first evening we prayed, she's had almost no pain. Um, almost no pain at all. And in fact, we prayed again this week um, and, uh, for, for more, and actually... Carrie's had a lot of headaches since, uh, since Thursday night this week. When we, so we actually think you know, God is still working on that. We think it would be a, long, a long-term healing process. But actually, it's given us the, you know, the boldness. And it, it's great to have the encouragement from God, if you like, to see healing straight off, you know, if you like, from, from praying like that. So, um, so we're going to carry on praying until she is healed. Um, I've not achieved everyday dependence. I've, not, I've had so much more to do. Um, oh sorry, I have so much more to do uh, um, but I've had the encouragement that more of this really does bring more fruit um, picking up on another Sam point, points from a couple of weeks ago I know I need to make abiding a higher priority in my life um, as I do find time for things I want to do or have to do um, so it's a bit of an excuse really to say that I'm too busy um, but that's kind of where I am at the moment um, I've said this in other contexts, so I, you know, I can readily agree that this is, this is a point. Um, I'd love to join a band and go gigging. Um, well, I say I would, um, and I've mentioned it to a few people as well. But I like the idea, um, but I have to acknowledge it's just an idea, because if I really wanted to do it, I'd do it. I'd get off my backside and do it. Um, so I think you know, this, this is now something I'm saying, with, you know, spending time with God is something I know I want to do, um, and it's got to be more than just an idea. It needs to be prioritised. Um, I've had some encouragement that doing it is bearing fruit, so now I need to up my game. Um, if others feel the same, then let me know, and perhaps we can encourage each other. Um, well, I hope that's been helpful. Um, it's more a case of sharing my experience than, than teaching anybody anything, I think. But they, because I think it has a, um, uh, a crossover to some of the other the weeks and so on, and hopefully that's been helpful. Um, and do feel free to ask me how I'm doing occasionally. Thank you. <laughs>